Combin on the air. Thanks for tuning in to Instagram Growth Podcast. We love having you here and it's our mission to bring you all of the latest and greatest tips, skills and know-how to make you the best Instagram marketer that you can be. We know that you have it in you and we are going to show you how. Now, let's get started. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the new episode of Instagram Growth Podcast. I'm your host Anne and today, as usual, this episode is going to provide you with a deep knowledge on social media issues and give you a ton of useful information. But today I'm not alone here and I'm so excited about that. So let me introduce my co-host, Robert. Hey. Hello, Robert. Hello. Hello, Anna. Robert is a content strategist and is passionate about digital marketing, social media, and everything that is new and trendy in that industry. So hello once again, and thank you for accepting my invitation, Robert. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's it's a pleasure for me being a co-host with you for this episode. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Today, Robert will talk about content strategy, but before we actually get down to this, let me ask you a few questions about you, Robert, your personality and so on, okay? Okay, let's do it. So what is your motto or a quote that you live by? What motivates you? Well, you know, the, the funny thing is that I, I really don't have any quote or motto I live by right now. It's just that... I want to make the best of every part of my life, so personal or professional. Most of my time, I'm focused on being present. So, for example, when I'm with my family, I struggle to be 100% around there. This means not scrolling through my phone or thinking of my job or stuff like this. When I'm working at my job, I want to really be focused on what I'm really doing. So this means that every morning I... I have like a pen and paper journal where I'm writing all my checklists and I hope that at the end of the day I finish that those checklists. But the the most the, the most interesting thing is that I wrote an article when I turned 30, 32 and I mentioned a few important things that are important for me right now. Um I don't know, maybe just a second if it's okay for you if I can read it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Please. So yeah, w- one thing is that I love to challenge myself. That means that uh, when, um, for for example, Dragostanka, the one, the uh, the person who is organizing maybe the biggest events for the digital marketing industry in the Central Eastern Europe, uh, IC Fest, mm-hmm. he asked me to come and speak uh, about podcasting and about uh, podcasting and marketing in podcasting. So that was something very very interesting but also a big challenge for me so i accepted that challenge uh and, okay and i so you're fighting challenges in yeah i believe that we also we we need to do these kind of challenges to to challenge ourselves to be a better a better version or, or ourselves or just to look at these challenges as a project and then look back and see if they helped us if they developed us, if they, I don't know, uh, started in us something being a better person. and Yeah, if they made us better in some way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And another, another thing that I really love and I'm really focused on, uh, it's the process. So in the process, I, I believe there is no right or no wrong. When, when, whatever I'm doing, I'm thinking about that's a process. I, I don't know, writing an article, creating a blog post, uh, working on a content project. I believe that's a process. If I didn't get to the target that I, 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 I put it to myself that, hey, that's the target for this project, and I didn't get to that target, it doesn't mean that the project was bad. It just means that, hey, it was a project. I started doing that. It's a process. And if I've done something good, then maybe I get to the target. Or if I've done something wrong, it's an experiment, and it's it's also from for myself like I don't know a a bigger a bigger process in myself to be a better person. So it's not something like a moral or a quote. It's more like on a way of life for now. Yeah. 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 Something like this. 
Okay, thank you. Interesting. And as I have already told our audience at the beginning, you are a content strategist, so marketing is your passion. But what is it that you do exactly? Could you please talk about that in detail? So tell my listeners about your occupation, well, please. Well, uh, my work it's very different from one day to another. So I'm not a I'm not just 100% a writer, or I'm not just 100% a project manager, or I'm not just one one. I'm not a CEO or CMO or something like this. Like I'm the content marketing strategist for Bannersnack. Bannersnack started in 2010 uh, as an online graphic design tool. We were the pioneer mm -hmm. in the online graphic design tool. And now we have around, I don't know, a few million users. I don't know exactly. So I just... Oh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. And we don't have any investors. So we just bootstrap it. But the most interesting thing is that everything we are doing, it's in-house. So content is in-house, marketing is in-house, design is in-house, uh, development is in-house. So and everything started from here in Romania. So now we are around international. So that, that's give, that gives me like a, a bigger challenge on starting from a local marketing, as a local marketing guy and doing these kind of big projects. And I also have a few side projects such as, I don't know, like a local podcast, uh, a Romanian podcast. Uh, but I also started doing interview with uh, international people like Andy Christodina, Sean Ellis, April Dunford and all these people. Oh, yeah, I've listened to some of your Oh, episode. thank you. Thank you. And sometimes I speak at conferences. So but my main job is being the best content strategist for my company and trying to get to the target that we we are putting for our marketing team. So as a content marketing strategist, I'm working with an awesome uh, content team. We are, and we are also connecting with the SEO team. So that means that we are creating the kind of content that we understand our people needs and wants and the um, can help them, I don't know, being better in what they are doing or, I don't know, uh, working better in what they, are, uh, what they are doing on a daily basis. And this may be, I don't know, blog post or sending a newsletter or creating a podcast or, I don't know, videos or everything around content. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's very interesting. What's your secret, by the way? Where do you find energy for so many deals and for so many Well, activities? I believe that the energy is to just uh, love what you do and uh, have a lot of passion and uh, have great people around you. My, uh, my marketing team is awesome. My head of marketing uh, manager, it's awesome. I also have friends from the industry. So I try to connect with them. I try to talk with them. I try to um, uh, to learn from them because like for example three years ago I didn't know anything about SEO so for me SEO was something like a magical stuff that only the tech and nerdy guys are doing it uh, and I believe <laughs> that uh, content and uh, it should be blogging about I don't know give me an example the rise is shining and stuff like this so create just trend trending content <laughs> but then the uh, then my colleague Sergio came and the he told me that we need to work on a to create like a, a connecting dots. And I believe I, I also wrote an article about how to scale this skill in yourself, like connecting the dots. And that for me helped a lot on connecting the dots between the content and the, between the SEO. So and he helped me a lot on understand how is SEO from the content perspective. Uh, so I believe that yeah. when you're, when you have around you friends and colleagues where you can work around and you can understand yourself and just be passionate on what you are doing. Another, another, another thing that yeah. I want to, I, I want to mention is that, uh, it's also the kind of uh, thing that I wrote in my 32 year, uh, article is that getting your hand dirty and just doing the stuff, but maybe the most important thing that. You don't have to finish what you started. Like I don't, I know it's something like a revolutionary stuff, but you just don't have to finish what you started. You, like, for example, you Anna, when when you start reading a book, if you don't like after I don't know ten pages, do you have that in mind? You need to finish that book because you started, or you can just drop that off and take another book. 
to tell the truth, I usually read the book to the end, so I cannot just drop it at the middle or at the beginning, because I have hope that now in a few pages there will be something interesting, there will be something worth my time and something and like if, that. Yeah, and if they're not, and you just took, I don't know, uh, the time of your life reading that art, reading that book, and at the end of the, the book you're disappointed about that book, what are you doing? Like, what are your... What's the process of, I don't know, understanding that how can you understand the next book if it will be a better book for you or not? Oh, if I have that experience a few times that I read the book till the end and it's not interesting and it's boring and I think that it's a waste of my time, then of course, yes. Next time I will drop it at the beginning or in the middle yeah, at least. So th this is what I'm doing. Like if, I, if I'm starting anything, like for example, reading a book and after four pages or six pages, The book is not interesting for me. I just drop it off and that's all. Like, or when I start the project and I see that I can't finish it, but I'm just saying, man, I can't finish it. So that's all. Maybe now is not the moment to finish it, or maybe I don't have the enough resources, or maybe there are other priorities for me to, to finish that project. So yeah, this is, this is the kind of energy and passion that I have for my, my side projects and also my work. And because I love what I'm working at Banner Snacks. So, yeah, you know, just think about how when you wake up and you, you can't, you can't wake, you can't wait the Monday morning. You know, that's, yeah, that's the kind oh, of. Yeah, I yeah. know this feeling. Okay so, okay, so we started to talk about the process of your work. So what is your content strategy thought process? I mean, what do you look out for in what order? And well, so my on? content strategy process is very simple. Like I need to understand the purpose of the marketing campaign or the business so I can use content to help achieve those goals. You know, for example, if the purpose is to get, I don't know, more website traffic or, uh, Yeah, yeah, let's stick to that. More website traffic. I need to think about how can I create the kind of content and work with the content and SEO team so we can get the best of the content, you know, because I'm also more focused on creating evergreen content that drives value even two years after it's published, you know. So it doesn't mean that uh, if we are creating right now the kind of content that uh, we'll need to, to, I don't know, get some website traffic for this week. But the next week, it won't just drop off. It doesn't work for us. So uh, our content strategy, and when I say our content strategy, is that we are an entire team working on that content strategy. And we are, every one of us are uh, putting on the table our thoughts, our ideas, our process of how can we create a content strategy and how can we create the content that can drive the that can help achieve the goals from the, from the marketing, from the entire marketing. So I'm starting, I'm starting understanding the goal and, I'm, and then I okay. try to understand what kind of content should we create to get to achieve that goal, you know? So yeah, it's also connecting the dots. And I, I, will, I will be very obsessive with this stuff because I believe that the best content marketer are the one that can connect the dots, I don't know, relationships, uh, Uh, understanding the uh, what kind of content can drive the most value from a project and all this stuff and for for me it's only just connecting the dots and are you the only one who thinks about that content strategy or you have the members in yes. who help you so is it a company decision or no no we, we are uh, we We, as a marketing team, we are divided in a few sub-departments. Let's say the paid sub-department, let's say the content sub-department, the SEO sub-department, the, um, the email sub-department, you know? So, and when we need to uh, achieve a goal for, from a marketing perspective, we, we can then all stay at the table and see, hey, how we can use newsletter here or how we can use content or how we can use paid. Like, for example, we launch our podcast, the drag and drop podcast, and we are talking with our clients, not about our product. We don't talk with clients about our product. We talk with our customers and with our clients about uh, their day-to-day -day work, how they are working, how they achieve the success, what, uh, what failures do they have and all this stuff. So when we started, that's a, that's a content project, right? But in the meantime, it can be as a customer project because you connect with your customer. So it also can be 
uh, related for the customer. We can talk with our support. We can talk with our uh, support manager and say, "Hey, we are we want to do we want to do an interview with a person who is I don't know working in a, a multi-million uh, company like a Fortune 500." And they can say, "Hey, you can talk with this or this or this. These are their stories." Uh, and then uh, we can talk with, and then we are talking with our news uh, with our newsletter team. Hey, think about. We want to do like a uh, bi-weekly newsletter in our bi-weekly newsletter for our blog. Can we use the newsletter to talk with our customers? Oh, no, or not. And they can say, yeah, you can use it or you cannot. And then we can talk with our SEO guy who is saying, like, yes, you can build that web, that, that blog post based on your, uh, based on your, on your interview. But what's the intent? Like, what's the intent of the user that will come there? Uh, do they want to listen to the podcast? Do they want to read the entire interview? Do they only want to check the the pinpoints and the hot points from the uh, from the topic from the topic? So it's just like connecting the dots. You have one small project and just connecting the dot with with other uh, members of the team. Okay, and nowadays there are a lot of management systems, some automatic tools that we can find online or anywhere. So, have you and your team used any of them? And if yes, well, you know uh, why? Yes, like I fifteen years ago, I started my personal blog on WordPress. So it's it was a kind of blog where I wrote about I don't know everything. Yeah, the sun is rising and stuff like this. And it's very easy to build, create, and publish on this platform. So uh, since then, I stuck with WordPress. But I know there are hundreds and hundreds of tools that can automate your content creation and all these content marketing manager. But you see, I'm more like getting my hands dirty. So sometimes I just get my pen and paper <laughs> and write down the ideas, write down the process, connecting the, 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 the process and the ideas, I don't know, creating bullets and all this stuff or even the workflow for a project. And after, and after that, we are just putting on the, we are putting uh, on, the, on the internet, I don't know, maybe using Google Docs and stuff like that, or uh, some management mm -hmm. tools. Yeah. And from that, we are just, because, you know, it's very interesting because every one of us is having their own behavior of working, you know? And we are starting from our own, like I'm starting working on my own behavior. But when I'm starting talking with you about a project, I need to understand your behavior. And sometimes the best behavior and sometimes the best way to connect with you, it's on a classic way. And just, hey, let's drop a call and see how we can manage it. And now you can do that and I can do that. Like, and even if it's not automated, the, the, the creation, the, the content creation or the project management and all this stuff, but we need to connect as a human being because... If you are not connecting in our small marketing team, then how can we connect with the entire world on, I don't know, uh, from our content, you know? So that's... that's yeah, I understand. And, even, and even if it takes too long, but I believe that it's helping us just putting ideas down just and also connecting with us. Just look, even if you're not in this room and I'm not in that room, we can just look one to each other and just understand that, hey, a smile, it's a smile. You don't have to just put an uh, emoji smile on our talk so that I can understand that you're in a good, in a good, uh, uh, in a good mood in this morning, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you give a favor to traditional methods of planning and content creation. Yeah. So paper, Google yeah, Docs. It, you know, it's like very that. interesting. It helped me a lot. And uh, uh, to be very honest with you, I'm looking around some uh, content marketing uh, management, project management tools. But for now, I didn't, I don't have like any, I don't have like any good tools that can, I don't know, uh, bring me joy and happiness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get you. And, you know, we all know how important it is to measure the performance of what we do. So actually, what for did we write this post or what for did we record this podcast? So the results we have by the end of any of our campaigns. So how do you usually measure the performance of your content marketing? 
And can you describe maybe examples of good content that well, you have? Implemented? I think the best performance you can measure with content marketing, it really depends on the purpose of the content marketing and the purpose of the, of the, of the, of that business or of that entire marketing. So if you want to get, I don't know, leads or you want to get more uh, engagement or if you want to get more website traffic, you measure using tools like Google Analytics and performance on your websites and all this stuff. If you want to measure the engagement with your brand, you look, you look at the engagement on social media or comments of the article or everything that can connect with your brand. Or maybe you want to more leads to, so you can see how many subscribers you get, your content can get. You know, so I really, it really depends on your, on your, um, on your goals and what do you want to achieve? So, but today, and that I find myself that today content marketing is not only blogging, it's also audio, it's also video and sometimes photos, visuals, like illustrations, yeah. infographics, slide decks and everything. So for an example, uh, for example, uh, of a content marketing project we've done, uh, a good example I can say is that we started doing the original research for Banner Snack, like our original research. So, for example, our Bannerette design statistics, we gather data from more than 200,000 users and we analyze over 1 million Bannerettes between uh, January and May 2018. So that helped us become a tough leader in the industry and also helped us our become helping our users to understand what kind of fonts they should use for their banners to be more readable or how can they can uh, what kind of uh, visual size of the banners they can use to I don't know to get more it not you know the funny thing is that we can't say that uh, if you use the 200 and 350 uh, size pixels banners, it can get you more conversions. No, it really depends on the entire process of your campaign, from, from the entire process of, of, of your display advertising and the purpose of your display advertising. So it, the, it really, uh, you need to understand that these data are just helping you starting from something. You're not starting from zero. Like, hey, we, we gathered this and this can help you. And this is from our from our read, readers and from our community point of view. And if if it can help them, then it's really great for them. They can start from not zero, from they can start from something, you know. And also, like another example, we published an original research uh, where we studied what worked best for our brand on Quora ads and reddit ads so our wonderful paid ad teams wrote down the entire idea and process and also the results so they created an entire slide deck and then the content marketing team packaged it in a great way to be distributed on several platforms from that people can use this research to understand quora ads and reddit ads and also yeah more website traffic leads for our product so to get to your uh question is how I measure the performance of the content marketing. It really depends that what do we want to achieve in the next month or what do we want to achieve in the next, I don't know, three months. Uh, because we are planning every of our content for uh, two months and every, we, we already know what we will do in two months, you know, but, and that really helped us okay. like just putting around the, the priorities and see that Hey, we, we, we are doing, we are going on this road, on this, uh, on this map, but if something's came around or if a new idea and we can see, Hey, this idea can be a bigger priority than the content that we are working. If yes, then we are working on that idea. If not, we just park that idea and then we can get to it whenever we have time. Okay, very interesting. And considering your own website, so your own blog articles and your podcast, so what do you uh, usually aim to? So what is your most important goal when you create an article or a podcast or a video? So do you want um, to reach a wider audience? Do you want yourself like uh, to make, uh, to give yourself a kind of awareness in the <laughs> you world. Know, I believe what? that the biggest achieve I can get is, I don't know, maybe connecting with people like you and say that, Hey, let's do like a, a like a podcast, like a video or Hey, let's do like a co uh, like a collaboration marketing. Uh, 
uh, and I'm using my my blog as an experiment ground, as a as an experiment uh, project where I love to experiment and see if it's working or not, if it's not working, if it's helping me. And my blog and also my podcast helped me uh, develop myself a lot in a professional way and also in a personal way. And also helping me connecting with people and uh, just, I don't know, picking brains, picking ideas, talking about projects, talking about ideas, see if I can help them. Like, for example, uh, I when I started working with uh, Andy Crestodina on a on a regional research we've done for Bannersnack, and then we and then I've and then the next step was just I interview him for my podcast. And then at the con- at the conference here in Romania, we met and just stay and just hang around and just connecting with each other. So now it's not just uh, taking that uh, step on just uh, taking the positive stuff from other people and just, I don't know, connecting with people and talking with people and see if there are stuff that I can help them, it's good. If there are stuff that, can, they, that they can help me to achieve uh, a personal or professional goal, it's good, you know? So yeah, this this is what I'm doing with my blog because I love creating content and I love experimenting with content. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, three years ago, four years ago, I, I believe so much. And I also believe in visual content and visual marketing. And I've done a lot of infographics and all this stuff. Like I really designed the infographics. Like I opened the, the Adobe Illustrator and worked on those infographics. So I'm also like a hybrid marketer, if I can say. Like I can design, I can do videos. Not videos, not really. Audios, podcasts, and all this stuff. Like I didn't get my hand dirty in the video system. Okay, very interesting. And how do you make the content on your website, uh, articles, for example, oh, more SEO-friendly? So I'm starting with the keyword research and user intent. Like I believe today we need to understand, as a content marketer, you need to understand the importance of keyword research. Like even if it's starting from an idea, just do the keyword research and do the, and then you just, I don't know, just go on the internet and behave like, like the user who wants to understand that idea, who wants to understand that keyword. So that means that you need to really dive deep in the user intention uh, uh, process. So these are my main ingredients when I'm thinking of SEO-friendly content, even today. Uh, for example, I want to understand the user's intent when they look up for something. Is it transactional? Is it informative? Is it navigational? So, you know, can I create the content around the keyword that can drive the results of the user intent when they search for? Or can I create the kind of content that can connect me with a type of users or a type of readers, even if it's on my blog or if it's on uh, our company blog, and even if it's not an SEO-based content, you know? So, but I also believe that a good uh, SEO-friendly content is also design-driven content. You know, for example, we are creating the feature image for our blog post in-house. Like we have our illustrator who is working on those uh, on those info on those featured image. Uh, it gives us more branded content, and also it adds a touch of personality to our content and blog. And yeah, it's new content, and Google loves new content if you and if you use the right data, a metadata, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. You should understand exactly. what your target audience wants to see. Yeah. And you know, on my webinars dedicated to Instagram marketing, I prefer to show people uh, some very great examples, the examples of well-established brands on Instagram so that my audience mm-hmm. could learn from the best and could take an advantage of what they have already achieved. I mean, these brands. And what is one of your favorite examples of a company or of a brand of a business that is really getting like, content right I, I give you two examples from the b2c and from the b2b uh, from the b2b industry like i'm just in love in netflix and mailchimp like i believe they are thinking and behaving like a media company if, even if it's netflix is a video streaming company they are thinking of a media company from every perspective like for example, I love their tech blog, the Medium tech blog from the Netflix, and where they are talking about how they are using, I don't know, uh, experimentation analysts on, on Netflix. And even if it's very techy, so I, 
I even don't understand maybe 65% of the article. But I, and to be honest, I'm not reading the one, the, the entire article, but I'm very interested on how they are using Medium to create a brand around their workflow and just take us behind the scene. And, you know, it's also interesting because they are launching several podcasts around movies like, I don't know, Stranger Things or The Crown, or they are talking about uh, how they are like a Netflix company. You know, they have the, they having the podcast, we are Netflix. So they are using everything around content to drive people and just to connect people with their brand. And then, you know, they started, and that's very interesting, using content more often and creating more, more kind of type of content, like audio, video, photo, uh, text, whatever. Then, and if, the, if that brand is starting to be in the user day-to-day uh, behavior it's starting to be a verb you know just let's them do some netflix you know people they are not asking hey do you want to come to my home and just watch a movie on my netflix you know yeah. we just we just use that <laughs> yeah. as an entire as an entire uh, proposition let's netflix and people already understand what do you do i'm netflixing you know and that's interesting because how because they are building this verb and this brand starting from the ground as a content I, and uh, I also love like MailChimp because MailChimp uh, from the B2B perspective, um, not just because they launched the MailChimp presents, you know, the entire uh, content, uh, the entire content hub, like documentaries, videos, audios and all this stuff, but also before when they use, I don't know, creativity just to stand out from the crowd and created content for everything. Like when they went to a, a conference, they created a video on how they are creating that billboard. And they put that billboard, that photo with that billboard, and uh, they use that design to put it on the video so they can also show the behind the scene, the process, the entire process, and then the final results. And that for me, MailChimp was like, hey, they are starting behaving as a media company. So yeah, that for me, it's very interesting. Yeah, I also mentioned and Netflix wow. and MailChimp on my webinar. So yes, they are doing great on social oh, yeah. media oh, yeah. and, and on Instagram also Netflix in on Instagram. It's I don't know how yeah. they can manage it, but I believe they have a few. I believe they have a few users on Netflix, like not their users on Netflix. Let me just check it because I'm very interested. What kind of uh, it's Netflix? Okay. Yeah, they have the Netflix US, the Netflix Romania, the Netflix España, Comedy, Quemena, Italy, France, Brazil, DA, Latino America, Indonesia. So yeah, they have a lot of a verified uh, user and they also have their, um, let's say, their movie uh, user like Witcher, Netflix, like um, what they have, another one. I don't know. They have... You just you just go on the on on Instagram and search Netflix and you will see that they have a lot of inst, a lot of Instagram accounts and they also you know just have on their hashtag Netflix fifteen million posts. So yeah, so yeah, that's very that's yeah, it's astonishing. So good. So yeah, yeah I love it. Yeah. This is exactly an example that you should learn from. Okay, we just talked about the best brands, but is there something frustrating on social media that really that is that really upsets you nowadays? So what do you find most frustrating about the way businesses behave well, on social media? If it's uh, frustrating me or upsetting me, it's maybe it's my problem because I'm saying too much on, on social media. I'm looking too much on what they are doing wrong, you know, but, uh, and, uh, I just, I should just unfollow them and that's all just, um, focus on my work and focus on, uh, on things that it's working. But, uh, to, to answer your question, I believe that, uh, maybe the, what's most interesting is that the users that don't, the, the brands that don't un- really understand social media, but you know, that's something like a subjective way because we can say that they don't understand social media but we can't say that if we don't understand their business goal you know 
maybe they are behaving in a way that we can't understand on social media, but that's working for them. Another thing that is frustrating me is that uh, they are focusing too much on the platform. Like, what if tomorrow, I don't know, Facebook will die or Instagram will die or TikTok will die? You know, what, what if they just close the door and just, just finish it? Or what if the entire government is came in, hey, so let's finish it with social media. It's enough, you know, or just you as a user can use only one platform in your entire life. What that platform will be, you know? But we are focusing and brands and marketers, we are focusing too much on platforms and we are putting our eggs on the platform and we don't put our eggs, I don't know, in the content creation. I believe so much in the content creation. Uh, and, and it's also, you know, the content creation is not just something that you just put it around and that's all and tomorrow will be gone. But if you create it, people, they will just come around, around and they will, I don't know, discover new kind of content you put, I don't know, two years ago. I also have like episodes I start, I, I recorded two years ago and they are still uh, being listened by, uh, our, by the user. And it's so interesting because you just record that content two years ago, you know? So, yeah. Another thing that... Uh, it's frustrating me about brands that are behave like how they are behaving on social media. It's just doing social media because their competitive competitors are doing it, you know? And I understand oh, that, uh, yeah. Hey, you need to watch thing. what your competitors are doing, but if they are doing, I don't know, Reddit, it doesn't, I'm sorry. It doesn't mean that, uh, you should, you should also do Reddit, you know, you can test it, you can experiment it. And, that's why uh, before we started the podcast for our company, I started the podcast on my own just to test and see how it worked. Because, you know, it's funny because if I'm just, I just came at the table and just tell them that, hey, let's do a podcast. And nobody knows how to do a podcast. What's the purpose of a podcast? What's the, what's the reason to do a podcast? You know, then you just took the time to understand it and just to experiment it. And yeah, you took the process on doing it. But when you do it on your own, like I'm doing on my own, and then I can just come in, hey, we can do a podcast right now because here's, here's the reasons why and here's our benefits with the podcast. They can say that, how do you know that? Because I already experimented, you know? So I believe that the best social media marketer, yeah. content marketer, they have to have their own side projects. It doesn't mean if it's blogging, uh, video, YouTube, whatever. Just look around. I don't know. There are marketers like Nadia from Vengage. She's doing a really good job on her own, like doing the blogging, doing the guest posting, connecting with people on, on social media. And that also helped Vengage uh, get the more exposure on their brand. And she can understand like, what's really working on and what's really not, you know? So that for me, it's uh, it's not like, I believe that more marketers should, should have more side projects. Yeah. First of all, it helps to develop themselves to find yeah. something in them. Oh, yes. Something oh, yeah. new. Exactly. To find exactly. some inspiration exactly. for their actual job. Okay. And what is the latest innovation in social media that is really that really excites you. You know, social media is such a thing that is changing constantly almost every day. So, so what is the latest um, innovation I love the that visual really search excited tool you? From Pinterest. It's, it's a great way to, to search on, on visual. And I believe that visual search and uh, because everything around us, it's visual and everything on the internet, it's visual. The visual search tool from the Pinterest will give Pinterest a new kind of, a business strategy for them to connect with their users and to give the brand a new perspective on how they can they can bring their brand on Pinterest. So for me, when when they launched the visitor search tool, it was like they can be a really big game. They, they are the I don't know who wrote that article. They are the silent giant in the social media industry. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Do you yourself use? 
Okay, okay. Yeah, we, we, and do you uh, we are using, use we are not using it uh, on the on the most effective way on it. So uh, because we can't focus it right now on it, and I'm not really like using it every day from my own uh, from my own account. But when 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 I look around and see how it will work, I, I just I just had the idea that this can be a really great game change for the entire Pinterest and I believe for the entire social media. I just think about it if. If and and I understand that Facebook they are having that tag photo system, but for Pinterest just having a search tool, if and just hey you see that quote on that photo and you just search that quote and that quote then you can get I don't know uh, on another uh, visual and then you can use it for our brand or you can your brand can use it. Uh, for the user that it's searching for, I believe that that's a really uh, big game change. And I also love the fact, uh, and that's an, I believe that's not like an innovation, but it's more like on um, on a new perspective. I also love the fact that Instagram will hide the number of likes. I really love it. Actually, I wanted to yeah. ask and you about I believe that. So what do you think the about that? You like this more trend, on engagement yeah? and on the community. So uh, because a lot of agency came and uh, they have these metrics on, on counting the numbers of likes. And I understand it. It's a marketing perspective. And yeah, I pay you for the likes because the likes are something like a gratification stuff. But if we, we are moving a little bit more closer to understand Instagram, Instagram started as a, as a content creation tool, you know, as a content creation platform. Because uh, you can just not only just upload the photo, they also gave you the chance to put the filters on the, on the Instagram. And uh, if, you, if you're going more uh, in-depth, it's just connecting the creator with the consumer, you know? Just create a platform where you can create the uh, creator with the consumer. But in a few years, that thing, it was like just creator is just created and the consumer just consumed. They didn't connect each other. And they believe that they connect each other with some likes, some views, and that's all. But now you have the bookmark. Now you have the share story. Now you have the DM. And, and if, we need, if you can understand is that Instagram wants from the user to stay uh, to stay on the platform so if you want to stay on the platform you need to connect with each other you know and the likes will make the creator create for the community and create for their followers not to create for themselves because they have 10,000 likes or stuff like this you know and I believe and I don't know maybe it's something like an idea or something like this but I believe that the next step they should uh, hide the following numbers. Good idea. Oh, yeah. And, and I think it will they be. have to. Maybe the, in the next two This will years. be a game change in social media. If they started hiding the likes, if they hard, started hiding the followers, you think about how Twitter will do that. Start uh, hiding the followers, start hiding the who you're following, you know, and you just. Use social media just to connect with people. And if you don't want it, it's not just the uh, fear of missing out. You know, the former situation when you're outside because you only have like 3,000 or 200 followers. You know, you're just staying there because you did something, you connected, you get that, and that's all, you know? Yeah. And if we started to talk about nowadays social media popular platforms, I cannot but ask you about TikTok. So what do you think about this social media platform? And I read in some article that TikTok is going to be even more popular than Instagram. And it's not a bad idea for marketers and for businesses to start their well, presence on TikTok Well, Instagram started to get platform. more traction so in the think? business community and in the B2B community and in the marketing uh, industry. They started to get more traction when they created the swipe up, uh, when, they, when they introduced the swipe up feature for the stories, you know, because... Uh, before that, you only had the one link on the, on your profile. Mm -hmm. But from that, and you can only put one link. And it was a little bit hustle for the user to to go to your profile, to click the link, to open a new tab. And so you just created the Instagram just to 
connect with people, create a brand uh, affinity for the for the user, and that's all. But then they started when they uh, introduced stories. That was a good way for them to create a new uh, bridge between the user and the and the creator and the brand and the consumer. When they also introduce the swipe up, the link, and just think about it. If you're an e-commerce company, how can you use TikTok? And I know there are a lot of creativity stuff, but the ultimate goal is to make people buy from your website, right? Where is that link? And everything is stay around that link. And I know maybe I'm an old-fashioned marketer, but if you don't have like a swipe up stuff or I, I, I don't know, like a click on that link and will open my my e-commerce or will open my, my, my website or will open my landing page or I can sell more stuff from my website because I don't want to put it on another platform because I don't know how they how can they behave. Now, here will be the, the game change where TikTok will do that. But when they do that, the kids will go away and will come another place and will come another platform and it will be just... And this came and go around, 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 you know? <laughs> so I believe that when TikTok will introduce the link function in their, uh, in their uh, ecosystem, in their product, uh, more brands will come around. But here's their challenge. How can they brand? How can they bring brands on their platform? Because brands will pay for that platform, but users won't pay for that platform, you know? And... They're in the business system. So they are not doing that because they want the good of the planet. They are doing that because they want to make money. So I, I understand. That's a hype. I understand that everybody loves it. I understand that it's very interesting because they uh, it's TikTok. It's in something new. And it's the connecting uh, stuff. And uh, children and babies and kids are uh, laughing at their parents on TikTok. And they're putting music. And I also believe that the artists who can understand the connection between YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok will have a lot of uh, will have a lot of leverage on uh, on in, with their music. But let's not forget that who create and who put the social media to uh, platforms to be um, to be there for the user is the brand who is investing a lot of money in advertising on that platform. And I believe that's you know, just think about, yeah, medium. You, you can pay to medium to read articles, right? And you can pay like Patreon and stuff like this for the writer. But would you pay for that user to create the videos on TikTok? <laughs> nah, that's the answer. <laughs> I think no. <laughs> Okay, thank you. You know, before I didn't think about that swipe up feature and I really believe that TikTok would take everything in their hands just a few years because, yeah, you said right nowadays there are teenagers and children, but they will actually grow up and I think they will stay more on this platform than on some other advertising platforms like Instagram because Instagram I think it's more for adults for for and businesses who already that, established that Instagram, their presence it was in a few years ago this or that TikTok, niche it's right now right and yeah. and Instagram it's a business right now Facebook yeah. is a business right yes. now. YouTube yes. it's a business right now you know the, the funny thing is that a lot of people are staying on YouTube but they're also having their uh, their YouTube premium their YouTube music their uh, their advertising on YouTube so it doesn't matter. It doesn't bother them that it's it's there if they creating the kind of content the user wants, you know, and they create that kind of algorithms to recommend you the, the video you want to watch. The TikTok situation is that it's only on mobile. It's not a big problem. It's cool. But brands, they don't have the patience to uh, wait for kids to just grow up. You know, I didn't saw any other marketing chief marketing officer who said that we started five, 10 years ago and now our users are paying our patients. <laughs> I didn't heard that, you know, because they are not doing that. Ah, we are <laughs> the, the most, the longest form game. It's, I don't know, maybe six months. And if they, if they see that it doesn't pay off, so they would just took off to another platform. Yeah. So 
I believe that this is what social media, like what I see on social media. And uh, to my my last point on uh, what's innovating on social media, what really I want to be innovated on social media, it's how podcasting is evolving and getting so much traction. So yeah, Google started investing a lot of podcasts, Spotify investing a lot of podcasts, Apple is not moving so much in the podcasting. But what about like, I don't know, Facebook? I can't wait to see how Facebook will use audio. And perhaps you can also put the upload on the audio on the platform in the future, you know? At least I hope so, because for now you can only upload videos, photos, write text and use emojis. And maybe the next content should be audio, but maybe maybe that's just an idea they didn't think before and here's something they should do. You need to write to Facebook development team. <laughs> okay, thank you for really a ton of useful information that you provided me and my listeners with today. And tell me, please, and my audience, how can my listeners learn yeah, more about can, you, can about your services, your articles, or your on LinkedIn, or they can just searching for Robert Katai or just uh, com there's everything i put and there's also my social media channels and yeah just over there if they follow me i will i will i will publish every uh, every time when i'm publishing something new i will just promote it and distribute it on my social media uh, platforms thank you very much yeah i'm also going to put all of these links to the description of this episode okay so robert well, what message really do you want question. to leave my and, uh, listeners with i believe that people's so don't focus on trends and platforms invest in skills and content that's that's my message people should uh invest a lot of their in, in, invest a lot of their time, their resources in skills. I don't know, in copywriting, in content creation, in everything, and also in, uh, in content. Because, you know, platforms will come and go, but content will always stay. Because platforms needs content, and content needs platform where to publish. But you can only, you can only uh, create content, you can't create platforms, you know? So uh, it will be more helpful for you to create content. So don't focus on trends because trends will come and go and they also can kill your marketing. And uh, don't focus on platforms, invest in skills and content. Thank you. Thank you, Robert, once again for coming here. Thank you. Thank you, Robert, once again for coming here and for being my co-host today. Thank you for all the information you provided us with. And I hope yeah, to meet you once again thank in you for future to record and, uh, more and to do more collaboration. And just keep up the good work. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you. Goodbye. This is a podcast sponsored by Combin.com. Grow and manage your Instagram safely and organically with Combin Growth and Combin Scheduler. Instagram promotion is easy. Combin.com.